Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Couch Cheese Podcast, where we give a young fan's perspective of the world of NASCAR. I'm your host, Austin, and this week, oh boy, we've we've been to Kansas. I mean, not really in person, but the NASCAR series uh, went to Kansas, only the Trucks and Cup Series. Um, really crazy weekend to say the least and it was one of the best races of the year so far uh we still have x amount of races to go so before we get into all of that i'm going to introduce to you guys my co-host here levi introduce yourself yeah what's up guys it's uh great that we get to do driver intros just like formula one now (laughs) oh wait a minute hold on nascar came wait hold on turn that around for a second okay yeah exactly nascar came first we were the first to do driver intros and f1 fans or i shouldn't say no not f1 fans george russell whining and all that stuff yeah i don't like it yeah no buddy come on get used to it we do it here in america we do it bigger and better how we do things yes Welcome to America, baby. Yes, America indeed. But besides the point, we have Kansas. Uh, Levi, what's your initial thoughts about it? (laughs) I tell you, like, I think I said it, I don't know if I said it earlier in one of our podcasts, like in other episodes, but the next-gen car does really well at mile and a half for some reason. Don't know why, but this car just does really well there. I think part of it, honestly, is the, I think it's Arrow, but also I think it's because of, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure, but I think the main reason why is that whole uh, yaw thing, because like in the Gen 6 uh, car, the cars were so yawed to where like if you spun out or whatever, or about to spin out, you could save it like pretty easily this car if you start spinning nah you ain't saving it so i think that definitely played a factor in some of the like wrecks you saw uh throughout the week so definitely a couple uh single car spins i remember eric almarola's um as well was one uh ty gibbs spun off mark Truex jr there kyle bush um which i think part of that was just close racing but yeah no the next gen car really good at mile and a half so yeah i'm impressed with it I'll be honest with you, after lap four, uh, I think I was sold on what the race had to offer. I'll oh, be yeah. honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, as a Kyle Larson um, fan at the time, I was like, <laughs> oh, here we go again. <laughs> that is that is a huge statement. Yeah, at the time, because, you know, then he wasn't in front. So, you know, I had to pull for the next Hendrick driver that was in the front. So, you know how that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of Hendrick, you know, how how'd your team do this weekend? You know, we had, I would say it was a pretty good week for all of Hendrick, especially um, Larson. I think that track just really suits him. I was a little disappointed with Barry. I didn't see him all at the front that much, um, which, again, it's one of those things to where, you know, he's just filling in for Bowman anyway. So you, you don't really expect or you don't have like a high ceiling for him, but at the same time, with how much speed he's already shown at places like Phoenix and um, um, with, and Chase's car, and then um, golly, where? Oh yeah, Dover. He got a top ten there. Yeah, twenty fifth. Eh, yeah, not the best finishing position, but at the end of the day, 
he's filling in. So you never know if it's set up or whatever. Dirty air. You never know. You never know. Uh, but before moving on, I will say this, though. Another good run for William Byron. Chase Elliott, top 10. He was up there at the front uh, one time as well. Or he was battling Larson as well. So, yeah. No, really good showing from the Hendrick guys um, this week. But, man. Kind of hate that uh, uh, Bowman didn't get the run because, man, that, that would have been a good track for him, but oh well. Dude, the Fords this oh. weekend were... They're off. Yeah. They're off I mean, bad. How bad? It's almost, to me, it seems like it's, to me, an arrow problem because I didn't see it quite as big at short tracks if i'm not by mistaken i may have to go back and like look at some footage of some other races uh, earlier this season for ford but yeah only one ford finished inside the top 10 and that was joey logano and then outside that harvick 11th uh almirola who spun still came back finished 13th blaney 16th uh brad k 19th like he was rattled off some good finishes but then yeah no kansas was just not good so yeah, Ford, I don't know if they, like, whenever they had in the offseason, like, whenever they changed their noses or whatever, I don't know if they just went backwards on something, but, phew, man, they did not look good at Kansas. Yeah, it's, which I, I will definitely uh, add more to after this, but, um, yeah, it's just, man, they've been off last week and off this week. It's just... I know it's what well, we're still early in the season so far. I know we're oh, yeah. almost halfway, but still it's, I mean, Ford's been strong at certain tracks, obviously the super speedways, which is a no brainer there, but it's, you just have to ponder it's like at some point, but then yet again, we've seen manufacturers have uh low points. I think at some point, the the guys are going to start figuring out how to improve it, how to tweak it. And once they do, they're going to start picking up and getting right back to where they are. So yeah. we've seen it with Chevrolet. We've seen it with Toyota. Let's be fair here. They'll pick it up and get it back. It's taking them a little bit, we know. But obviously, you know that Ford Ford is not going to allow this. And they're like, yeah, no, we can't watch as our other competitors are beating us every single week we need to start racking wins well i was gonna say like look at even last year ford wasn't the greatest last year either and guess who wins the championship at the end of the year a ford that's so, true you know logano comes up there and just wins and it's like whoa okay we didn't see that coming so it, it's mean, like it's just logano exactly and not, yeah but i mean still even then it's a ford so i mean i'll i'll put it this way like just get your guys in the playoffs and then try to, you know, get get the tracks that you know that you can do well at if you're forward in general or if you're one of these teams that are at forward. And then just hopefully, you know, get them through the rounds because, man, overall, I don't think they're going to, like, impress anybody this season. But maybe, maybe it's just early season woes. I don't know. Maybe. But, you know, you know last year it was Logano being – the first for everything, right? Won the first LA Clash, won the first this, won the first that. Pretty much just first year with the next-gen car. Who wins it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Joe Ligana. So, yep. Yep. Um, well, I was going to ask you this. What did you think about Stuart Haas's performance yesterday? 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I think it would have been really a quiet day. I, I think it, I don't think there would have been really anything that would have just screamed out to me in the first place, but Briscoe having problems, which I, I honestly felt so bad that yeah. even I felt, you know, I felt so bad. I really did. Cause after I saw when they showed him on pit road, missing a tire and I was like, Oh my gosh, man, it's, it's so, so an, I wouldn't say annoying, but it's it's very frustrating to see. But you know, it's just two weeks in a row that things have not gone his way, and um, and we know that Chase Briscoe is a really good race car driver. It's just the you know the luck right now is not going his way, and um, hopefully at some point it's going to get turned around. Um, but you know, it's it's just the way racing goes. So it is. Uh, Erica, like the the one thing I've noted, um, and no, I didn't write this in my notes, but mentally, is the whole spin and win kind of thing or mentality, so to speak. You've seen a lot of drivers yesterday that had some kind of problem. Kyle Larson spun out. William Byron just did not have a stable car. Uh, anybody or Eric Amarola spinning? You had all these guys who just had something go wrong, and towards the end of the race, they were at least running inside the top ten, maybe top fifteen. But for the most part, like, what? Yeah, <laughs> just yes. <laughs> that evidently they tweaked something on pit road or. I don't know. Maybe it's just the driver mentality of I'm just going to charge right back up to the front. I don't know. Well, I mean, Kyle Larson and multi-group racing just go hand in hand, but... Well, Larson, yeah, no, like, that's that's just talent right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we'll break it down for the race. I mean... Um... Oh, sorry, hold oh. on. Before we go into that, I just want to point something out. So... Bowman, who has now missed what? Uh, how many weeks now? Two or three? Uh, he missed. So I know he missed. Uh, missed last week for Dover. Then he missed the previous week, uh, which was Dega. Right? No, I don't think so. He did not miss Dega, but he missed. So Dover was his first week that he missed. Really? What he? All right, well, never mind. I guess I'm wrong. So, yeah, uh, missed Dover, missed Kansas. So, he's missed two races, and he's still higher in points than Briscoe is right now. He is 15th in points. Briscoe is 17th. Now, granted, after this next week, he's not going to be able to be there anymore. But, um, yeah, no. Nah. Uh, Briscoe definitely dropped thanks to, you know, the bad luck that they had at Kansas. But, man, um, would have been a little bit more comforting, I think, if they could have just, you know, gotten a, keep that top 16 kind of in points kind of rolling. But right now, they're they're on that bubble. It's not a great place to be. And even then, too, uh, I think North Wilkesboro will also soften the blow. Um, yeah. well, I know... Go ahead. Yeah, no, it'll be a good weekend just to kind of like, I would say, I wouldn't say take a breather, but like, 
basically sit back and relax with it. You don't have anything to lose, you know. But um, oh, by the way, did you see the trophy that they're going to actually give out for the All Star race? No. Uh, yes, I did. Interesting. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> that to me is oh, that's cool. That's cool, dude. Oh, and speaking of All Star, um, this All Star, and it's not for the All Star race, but the uh, late model events. Mm-hmm. This is the one that really threw me off guard, but a very welcoming, uh, nonetheless. Rodney Sandstorm, or aka Jordan Taylor, will race, make his debut in uh, late models at North Wilkesboro. Really? I did. I was like, I was looking at it and I'm like, this has got to be a spoof, something like that. But all trusted platforms was saying that Jordan Taylor was going to make his debut at really? North Wilkesboro in limited uh, in late models. I was shocked. Yeah, go for it, bud. Go get him. Go get him. And I know he's he's a v- really good IMSA driver, but I am I am surprised on my aspect is that he's actually taking initiative to doing actual stock car racing. Now, yeah. are we going to see him some point in the future doing more NASCAR events? I think after the Sweet Taste of Coda, more than likely. But on an oval? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. It, it seems like to me like there's a lot of intrigue right now with stock car racing and especially NASCAR in general right now because of the next-gen car. Like, this car is more of a sort of street car feel now than previous iterations have been. Like, you've even heard, I think, even Lewis Hamilton in an interview said he was interested, which, to me, hey, that's really awesome. But at the same time, is he going to actually come over and race one of these things? I, I don't think so. I, I highly doubt it. But at the same time, just to hear that somebody is interested in it, guess what? <laughs> you never know. They may turn around and be like, hey, I'm driving next week. So you never know. Well, I mean, obviously, we've seen that with Chase Elliott's injury. So, hey, Project 91. I mean, that's the thing as well that's still going that on. Too. So, you know, you never know if they're going to drag somebody over from the F1 world again like with Kimmy or, you know, hey, a Jensen Button comes back or something like that. Like, that's what's kind of great with the next-gen car is that it is a little bit more of that sports car like car feel. So I think a little bit – I think some drivers have a little bit more comfort with it instead of just hopping in a car that's, like, so hard to handle. It's like, uh, I'm good. I need a little practice before I hop in. So, yeah, no, I, th- I think that is one positive with the next-gen car, though, especially. But even then, it makes me think, like, if he were to actually take it seriously and do more stock car racing, obviously do his IMSA stuff on the side, um, I think more to what would fit his schedule would be the Xfinity Series. Yeah, I agree. More with Junior Motorsports or RCR, either or. Yeah, I would love to see that 88 get some more, um, have some more drivers get some seat time in it. That would be nice. I think Uh, it's... I think it's only because if you run a part-time car, I think it's only limited for the amount of starts it can have. So I don't yeah. think they're really trying to abuse. Because if you think about it, they have Miguel Paluto and then obviously Dale running his two races. Yeah. Uh, now, I could be completely wrong about that, but based off of my assumption, that's what I'm thinking. But, you know, rules change 24-7, so I mean, it's hard to kind of keep up with everything. So Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. 
<laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> Literally, we shall see after uh, the North Wilkesboro weekend, which is going to be so exciting. Oh, yes. I I even heard some. Uh, so I was sitting down actually with some family members tonight around dinner. And like just to hear like some of those guys be like, hey, they're bringing back North Wilkesboro. It's like, oh, really? Like it just just to hear that, like people who have really not cared about NASCAR for like the last 10 plus years. Like, yeah, no, to see them like light up a little bit with like, Oh, they're they're actually really doing this. Like, oh yeah, no, it's awesome. And even then, too, you know that it shows that yes, they're trying to bring back their their audience, but also try to go for their newer fan base and all this stuff. Which it really shows that they want to make their series more diverse. And I I do appreciate the creativity on it. I really do. I mean, obviously, I feel like if we're even on the aspect of thinking internationally, which I remember there being an article about that out there, I feel like the only safest way we can do it, like if we're doing it for points, I think either uh, Canada or Mexico. Now, Kyle Bush wouldn't offer to go to Mexico, but um, I think oh, Canada yeah. would be great. <laughs> yeah. Only because that. we got uh, Montreal up north. So literally, we could have the Cup and Xfinity race at uh, Circuit Gilles I think I said that correctly. I probably yeah. said it too fast in yeah, order for fine. people to understand. But for the most part, you have the F1 track that they go to in Canada. And then you have Canadian Tire, which you can throw the trucks back there. Because honestly, I don't know why they took it away. But that was one of the best race track or best road course for the truck series in general. It was. It was a really good track. Controversial. Run good racing and all the above like literally that's all the entertainment you could ever ask for yeah they they got their money's worth i think out of that track but evidently i think part of the reason they didn't go back was because like they didn't do it for like the covid year i think they did and then after that they were just like yeah well evidently they must have found something else that was making them money or whatever getting a better return on that investment somewhere else so yeah but it's like but here's the thing it's like if you think about it it has it has a lot of history to it, like John Hunter versus Cole Custer and Ryan Blaney and Jermon, or I think I'm saying his name right, Kuroga, when they made like a side by side, uh, close finish. You had Max Pappas, Ty Dillon, Max or uh, Chase Elliott and Ty Dillon. You know, you had so much, so many rivalries and everything else. Like that track was controversial, ever so controversial in the right ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um it was so, hard it was hard racing basically. Like that's all it really was. But yeah. And it brought about controversy, which hey, everybody's here for that. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of controversy. Oh yes. We need, we need to talk about the <laughs> elephant in the room, or mostly the watermelon in the room. But, <laughs> um I think we'll just start off with this. How did you think of I guess Ross Chastain's race? I I think that's the best way to start out with like right? uh his race as a whole basically like um when they did. showed him on TV yeah <laughs> oh man let me put it this way who right now is sitting at the top of the point standings right now Ross Chastain exactly like see here's the thing is that Noah is the first person so far that has really done anything about Ross's antics and even then 
okay, yeah, he drove Noah up a little bit yeah, coming out of turn four. Even then, Noah could have backed off a little bit, you know, and probably not pounded the wall. Sure, he would have lost a ton of momentum doing that. But, like, you know, it's it's a long race and these things and all that. But, I, I mean, yeah, here's here's, I think, a couple things that went into that whole... Well, let me back up first and put it this way, right? Ross is just aggressive in general. Like, that's just his thing. People don't really like him because he is aggressive, because he's willing to literally, like a Dover, ride somebody until they get into turn one, and if they break a little bit too soon, he's going to, you know, accidentally bump them or whatever, or wreck them intentionally, however you still see that from Dover. And he's going to not really... I mean, he's, he'll feel remorse for it or say he's sorry, but at the end of the day, nobody's going to wreck him back. Nobody's going to do anything about it, so he kind of just gets away with it, right? Well, guess what? Finally, <laughs> it looked like somebody actually, you know, did something about it. And, of course, it was Noah Gregson. I, out of all the people that I thought it would be that would get, you know, their payback on Chastain or they would actually go after Chastain with Logano, I think that would be the only, I thought that would be the only guy at least. But, nope, it was Noah Gregson, and I'm so glad it was him because it's about time somebody did something. And, man, um... <laughs> well, Noah did something, but I think uh, Ross still landed the final and uh, the biggest blow out of that. So, I mean, it's just Ross being Ross at the end of the day. He's an aggressive driver. If you don't like it, go punch him or get punched. I actually do it for once instead of just grabbing him by, like, the <laughs> fire suit. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Or if you're going to grab him, Bring a helmet. <laughs> Bring a helmet. Yeah, just do what Ty Gibbs did with Sam Mayer. Just leave your helmet on, but also throw a few punches while you're at it. Or, you know, Jeff Gordon, Matt Kins at that Bristol. You know, yeah. That too. That too. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that that whole situation was interesting because, you know, you look at the race itself. Um, we all know that Ross Chastain's aggressive. We get it. But for the most part... When I looked at it between him and Gregson, I, I know that what it may seem like in the cockpit, that's a whole lot different when you look at it on an outsider's perspective. Um, sure, Gregson did get in the wall, and yes, Chastain was around him, but Chastain had enough room to where Gregson didn't, or he had enough space to where Gregson shouldn't have gotten in the wall, but due to them being so close in racing and everything else like that, you kind of have no choice how it happens. I I think the whole incident is a racing incident purely off of that. Now, do I think Gregson should fight him over that? Uh, not really, but you know what? You do you, boo. You do that. You know, it's... I'm... In some essence, I'm happy for Gregson to to be the one to stand up, but at the same time, it's like you have to think about it in a 50-50 mindset. Are you doing it because the fans want you to, or are you doing it solely because you're upset? Because I, I understand where DBC was kind of making the... Overall, what they were trying to say was kind of on that aspect, whether if you're doing it purely off of us or off yourself. 
and it's and it's understandable to think that way. Um, obviously, I don't know what goes on in Noah's head. I'm not his guy or his, you know, fortune teller or whatever. But, um, you know, I get it to where you want to be the one that makes a little noise to just say, hey, you know, I'm not dealing with it, nor is anybody else. So, um, but tips for Noah. I know you're very feisty and I know you love to fight. Well, let me, when you want to. Oh, let me yeah sorry because like here's the thing is that i started i think i heard uh from one of his interviews he said something about talladega i think he remembered some uh he remembered what happened at talladega when chastain forced the issue well or he looked at it as chastain kind of forced the issue made it three wide and all that the way i kind of like look at it is chastain found a hole he's gonna take it right so gregson didn't like that move then he doesn't like what he did at kansas i think at that point gregson was like okay this is it like this is the the line this is it i'm gonna go after him that's how i kind of see it and but even then both instances both incidents are racing incidents you know but oh sure yeah but at the same time like i don't know if you know he was just thinking like oh if something in his head was you know saying okay nobody's gone at gregson or nobody's gone after chastain i'm sorry and he needed to be the one to do that. I don't know if he was thinking that or whatever, but like, same time, I mean, <laughs> if anybody's going to, it's the guy. It's just, well, you know, he didn't really land the first punch. I'm <laughs> just saying. I mean, I know Noah. Noah is a bit of a fighter. If you push him the wrong way, he'll he'll definitely swing back. But Noah, when you fight somebody, or if you really <laughs> want to fight somebody, just don't talk just swing because the way Noah was confrontating and doing all of that, it really just shut up and fight. Don't grab him because at the end of the day, Castain yeah. <laughs> did warn him by, he warned him twice and said, don't do it. Well, obviously by the third and final time he punched him in the face and got away with it. Now, obviously I wish there was more of a fight, but for the most part, we all did. We all did. We were all we were all hoping that security guard that was there would just have backed off. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Dude, let it let it go. Just let these guys hash it out between them. But at the same time, it's like I'm just glad that somebody actually went up and confronted Chastain. Because the way I see it is like you know, all these drivers, what you'll do is you'll go, if, you know, the media will come up to you and, you know, they'll ask you a question or whatever. And then you'll say something about, oh, well, I don't like the way, you know, so-and-so races or I don't like the way guys race anymore and all that stuff. And then they'll just walk off and, you know, go about their lives. And like, that's it. They won't go and talk to other drivers and be like, hey, I don't like the way you race or let me like, I think one of right now the best drivers to actually like sit down with another driver and like talk it out is Denny Hamlin. Like he even said on his podcast that he actually got to like talk with Ross and see kind of like his background and why he does the things that he does. Like just that alone is awesome. And even then after the race, I think Ross actually went up to him and like gave him a handshake and all that stuff, congratulated him and all that. Like there is sportsmanship between the two, but at the same time, it's like, all right, well, when things need to, you know, be taken out or whatever, or, you know, somebody needs to have a little, you know, fight or whatever, well, you know who to call up, Gregson. But, you know, Hamlin, I wish Hamlin would fight him, but 
Yeah, no, Hamlin does it on track, which I'm fine with that either way. I just wish that car wouldn't penalize him. (laughs) Well, you know, Hamlin will fight when he needs to, but for the most part, uh, you know, at the end of the day, (laughs) what can you do other than thanks, Ross? (laughs) Hashtag Um, thanks, Ross, for giving us all this content. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) I I did like the little thing that Chase Elliott said uh, after Gregson was... Oh, yeah. He said, well, somebody's got to do it. And I was like, you sly dog you sly dog i know i i i honestly hope that at some point chastain gets into chase elliott again and those two kind of you know hash it out with each other because i could actually see chase going up there and saying some things to him i don't think he would actually like you know punch him or whatever but oh he would go talk to him for sure wait hold on do you smell something do do, do you smell that no 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 no. Oh, I, I just smelled the world burning after the Ross Chastain and Chase Elliott fight. Um, I was about to say, are you sure your house is burned down? Did you leave something in the microwave too long, buddy? Did you? Probably. <laughs> Maybe it's because they think of the aspect of what would happen if the fan base went after if uh, Ross Chastain and Chase Elliott were to, you know, butt heads and do all this stuff. Buddy, I, I think the world burned you would never hear a cheer for Ross Chastain again during driver intros. Never. You, you messed with my driver, Chase Elliott. I'm oh, just here to sign another watermelon. How you doing today, kid? <laughs> yeah, no, like, I mean, you would never hear fans cheer for Ross again at all. Like, I mean, they don't really do it anyway now. But, like, still, you wouldn't even hear, I don't think, even one peep because all the Chase Elliott fans would be after the Chastain fans and all of that chest or Elliot fans are just, they are basically the new junior nation. Now they are, you know, at every single race, you hear them during driver intros. Like they are there in full force. Yes, indeed. If you go to an actual race event, you'll know what we mean. Oh yeah. No. Cause like, I remember the uh, 2021 Roval race during the fall and like, Whenever Chase went back and got Harvick, oh my goodness, the whole place erupted. Like, that was, I would say, that was one of the coolest, like, NASCAR moments I've experienced as a fan, because, my goodness, uh, just seeing that even happen, and then, you know, the fans going wild, man, uh, it's so good to hate on Harvick. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, you both got it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, I love me some Kevin Harvick. I have mad respect for him, but at the same time, it's fun to hate him every once in a while. Hey. He's hey, got one of them hateable cool. faces. Hey, not cool. <laughs> you know, there's somebody here that actually does support him. Uh, who? The third member in the Discord channel? Is that is that who? Like the, the mysterious third person? Anyways, moving <laughs> on. Um, what did what did you think about that race finish? I I know it wasn't idealistic for the Hendrick fans, but I mean overall, how did you think of those last? How man, many I, need to, I need to go to the bathroom right quick. Hold on, I'll be right back. Uh, no, um, man, uh, so, oh, <laughs> uh, I was I was I was hoping we would run out of time on this one. Man, you just went right to this topic. So, here's the thing. It's really and truly just hard racing at the end of the day. I think Larson was honestly just hanging on to his car because Hamlin was the faster one there at the end. So Larson was kind of running like this odd uh, diamonding line on the outside lane there, which you usually don't see on the outside, but kind of do, you kind of don't. But he was kind of like diving it in hard and then let the car kind of drift up and then come back down, right? 
Hamlin was just sticking it right to his corner panel that whole time. And I think Larson just kind of lost it off to or whatever, uh, smacked the wall, all that. Uh, but what it sounded like at the time, whenever they were, you know, during team communications and all that, Cliff Daniels was not very happy about what Hamlin did or did not do at the time. And uh, yeah, he was, you know, mad about saying, you know, hey, it was a respect thing and all that. You know, he's the one preaching respect and he goes out there and does that and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I... I don't really see it as a respect issue. I just saw it as hard driving. Like the way I saw it, I I don't see a really a problem with it. I think Larson just had trouble getting off of two and Hamlin was there. Okay. He smacks the wall, whatever, you know I mean? It's just hard racing at the end of the day. And if Larson's got a problem with it, he can go talk to Hamlin about it or whatever. But at the same time, on the opposite side of, you know, as a Larson fan, like if I were to transition as a Hamlin fan, this is huge for Hamlin. Like now he's got his win and he's in the playoffs. He doesn't really have to worry quite as much about getting in now. He's got his win, right? It's just now, okay, let's get two. Now let's get three. Let's try to build up some of these because, man, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, they've only got, what, like two wins on the year? One with Bell and one with Hamlin? No, three. Three? Well, four technically if you count the LA Coliseum, but. Oh, yeah, true, true. Um, with Truex. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Truex won at Dover. Duh, I'm stupid. Yeah, you know, it's not like we said that in the last episode, but hey, uh, you know, it is what I, it is. I, yeah, I'm, oh, man. Yeah, I'm so behind. Uh, yeah, no, is three wins. the Truex wins are, where, are rare? I said where. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, 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 yeah. Cody Ware. Uh, yeah, no, it's they're, they're very rare um, here recently, I would say, for Truex, but at the same time, like, it's just next-gen lows. Uh, so Truex, Bell, and Hamlin now all have a win. And Ty Gibbs, honestly, like, he's doing fine. He's just been rattling off top tens and all that stuff recently. But, well, before Dover, I think he had – no, he actually did good at Dover. It was this week, yeah. He had a little problem, spun out, of course, and then mowed the grass and got stuck in the grass and all that stuff. So, yeah, poor, uh, poor Ty had a rough day at Kansas, but – Outside of that, as I said earlier, going back to what we were talking about between Larson and Hamlin, it's just hard racing. I mean, at the end of the day, two guys just fighting for a win. Hamlin gets uh, Larson a little bit, and Hamlin wins. I mean, you know what? Take it. Run with it. Yeah, uh, I think really that finish was awesome. But, you know, the whole aspect of it was, you know, watching Larson try to hold off Hamlin. and you know, I know Larson was trying to do everything he could to uh, try to save his car and all that kind of stuff. But I, I really do think he was starting to look in that rearview mirror a little bit more than you think. Um, oh, yeah. And only because it's like you have Hamlin catching ever so closer because he as as soon as he saw the teammates started going after it, he was like, all right, maybe I might want to check back and save my stuff. And I mean. If you really want to hear about it more on his perspective, of course, he's got his own podcast, Actions is Detrimental, but, um, you know, just watching him kind of just wait, then go, kind of helped towards the later run that we had. So, uh, overall, I'd still look at it as a racing incident. I mean, if you're on Twitter, it's a controversial thing, but really it isn't. I mean, 
Larson was doing everything he can to save his race car. And we all know that Kyle Larson has a dirt background. So he's really good with loose race cars, or at least cars that are sideways. I think more on the aspect of that is, you know, you have so many things that go on within those laps. It's like, I got to hold off Hamlin, but I also got a very loose race car and I'm the leader. So it's there. There's a lot of factors that gone into it. And I think that last lap pretty much uh, was the straw that broke the camel's back. And as soon as he got out of two, he got loose. And I and I think that was just like the swan song of his race. Um, but still managed to finish second after hitting the wall, which I thought was going to be worse, but it wasn't. So, um, still a good I'll finish. Be honest with you, it was a, it was really such a fun finish only because it was like just every lap you're just thinking, man, is Hamlin going to get him or is Larson just going to do another Larson thing and just dominate this, you know, last bit of the race. So I think really overall, this Kansas race is or was fantastic. I loved every lap of it. There's been a lot of cautions. <laughs> oh, yeah. There were a lot. There were a lot of cautions, but I think it's just like, again, mile and a half racing with the next-gen car, I, I think is some of the best. Now, Vegas, we didn't really get to see it as much. Now, I think it's just because the way Vegas is shaped and all that stuff, which, again, that's fine. Not every race is going to be, you know, the best one out there. But at the same time, guess what? We get to look forward to Darlington coming up, Charlotte coming up, and even before Charlotte, North Wilkesboro. So these next three weeks are going to be really, really fun racing, especially with this next I was say, part. you are going to forget. Get good old North Wilkesboro. I'm, I'm disappointed. Oh yeah. I mean, here's well, here's the thing, right? Is that I'm looking forward to it, but you gotta remember something, right? The next gen strong suit is at mile and a halfs and two point uh, and two mile tracks, right? Guess what? This is North Wilkesboro is a short track, and we've seen how the short tracks have been so far with the next gen car. They have been amazing, but what is great about North Wilkesboro, that track is worn out. Those tires are going to be worn. So hopefully, cross our fingers, we're going to get a lot of tire wear. Not so much to where, you know, the tires, you know, blow out or whatever, anything like that. But hopefully, a lot of tire wear. Hopefully, we're going to get some good racing out of North, North Wilkesboro with this, new, um, with this next gen car. So we'll see. I hope so, though. And speaking of Darlington, let's move on to race picks. So, Levi, who are the ones to look out for at Darlington? So, I've got kind of a long list for Darlington just because there's a lot of drivers that, like, come to mind whenever I think of Darlington, right? So The playoff but, field? Yeah, basically the whole playoff field. Because, like, to me, it's like at Darlington, it just comes down to track position, qualifying, uh, just making sure you have the right setup and everything, like hitting on all cylinders because it's such a hard track. But if there is one driver that it seems like consistently every single time we go to Darlington runs up front, it's Denny Hamlin. Without avail, this driver always is up front at uh, Darlington. 
he is, I would say, one of, if not the best Darlington racers in recent memory. Uh, I don't, I can't remember how many Southern 500s does he have now. I think it's like two or three, it seems like. so More than most of them. Yeah, exactly. So dude knows how to get around Darlington very, very well. And I definitely think you're going to want to watch out for him. Now, the only problem is, though, uh, for the spring races, I have noticed that he's not quite as noticeably up front. But again, that's just, I think, because of weather, different you know, setups and all that stuff. Track is different, feels different, all that. That's fine, though. Still going to be, I think, a good, uh, good race anyway. Or should be a good race for him, I think, anyway. But if there is one driver that you definitely want to look out for when it comes to spring Darlington races is none other than Martin Truex. He won back here 2021. I think um, 22, I think he had a pretty good run going there, and then something happened, I think, to him uh, during the race, if I remember right. So That's Martin out. Truex, yep. Uh, so Martin Truex, definitely going to be somebody to watch out for as well. I would say William Byron. Oh, yeah, that's he a good was looking, He was looking really good last year until, you know. Logano. Um, yep, until Logano because, you know, Logano be like that. So kind of as an underdog, I would. I would usually go in this place with Eric Jones, right? Problem is, Legacy has struggled this year. So, if I really had to like give an underdog, I would watch out for. Man, it still may have to go to Eric Jones. I just don't really see like many underdogs really like going above and beyond at this track. I mean, unless you still count Chase as an underdog because he's outside the top sixteen in points, like then go for him. But like, man, um, outside the top sixteen. The only driver I see is kind of like a driver I would watch out for there is Eric Jones. I don't really see anybody here. Maybe Michael McDowell, like if he has a good run, he may be up in the top 15, but I don't really see anybody else. Even then too, Darlington's one of those track stores. Just it, it shows the talent and patience within you. So I thinking about some of the picks you made, I I honestly think uh, it is a no-brainer to pick three of the 400 cars. Um, and I'm not saying that Josh Berry's not good at Darlington. Obviously, this is his first time running it in a next-gen car, so I'm only giving him the benefit of the doubt as uh, learning I time. Expect um, Yeah, I wouldn't expect nothing less. I mean, I'm not expecting him to uh, set the world on fire, but... Um, you know, I think with Chase Elliott, he's he's shown to be pretty good at Darlington. Now, obviously, he has, um, you know, he just came back from an injury, and he's he's slowly getting there. He's not winning races left and right, but, I mean, obviously, it's going to take him about a few races in order to kind of get to where he needs to get going. Um, so I would say keep an eye out on him uh, to have a really strong run. So if you're making picks and stuff like that, I'd say Chase Elliott would be a good uh, um good pick uh william byron as levi said william is just good at darlington um if you didn't see it last year in the spring william was just good uh larson larson i can't say much more on that uh denny hamlin is also a really good pick i mean he's he's he loves this track I think his track record shows it. I mean, the Xfinity the Xfinity races, the Cup race, you know, all that kind of stuff. He's won multiple 
times at Darlington. So safe to say he's known a thing or two about Darlington is definitely a good choice. Um and a good pick, you know. I will say this uh, though. Larson, yes. I didn't I didn't get to mention Larson. Larson's gonna be definitely somebody to watch out for because the, you would see you would think this is like one of his better tracks or you would think it is, but in Xfinity series, yes, especially last year. You saw when he ran there. So I think he'll definitely do well in the Xfinity race this weekend. But cup racing actually hasn't been one of his better tracks, uh, which is kind of weird to me. Uh, the only one that really comes to mind is 2021 fall, the Southern 500, when uh, he basically wall rode, you know, three and four to try to catch up to Hamlin. But um, outside of that, yeah, um, I don't really know of like, the last couple races that have been good for Larson. So he's definitely going to be somebody to watch out for, but we'll see. We'll see if Cliff Daniels has that thing set up for him. Oh, I remember actually last year, spring of last year, he actually went out early because of a mechanical issue. So, and yeah, even then, too, I mean, it's, I would say every track is a Hendrick track, but you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, I love to hear that. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I, I do think that it's it's kind of a safe bet for some of the guys in the Hendrick camp. You know, it's a good track. Um, let's see, anybody else? I mean, Martin Truex is good. He's good at uh, Darlington. He's won it several times. Um, I think that's about it for mostly. For, so I think I think you and I kind of both agree on the front runners. I don't know if there's really anybody else that screams out to me. I mean, Joey Logano. I think, uh, only because really only because he won there last year. I mean, that's exactly. But yet uh, again, that was the first time being in the next gen car, and also he wasn't scared to get aggressive. So I think that'd be good too. But I mean, you know, we'll we'll find out going into it. But it's it shows that the Toyotas and Chevrolets are pretty much strong within this uh, spring stretch. Uh, an underdog pick. If I had to make an underdog pick, uh, I wouldn't say like necessarily top sixteen, anything like that, uh, or under top sixteen. Um, Eric Jones definitely screams to me as a good pick. I mean, obviously, I'm pretty much repeating what Levi. Most part, Jones. He's won two Southern 500s. There's no way in this world that. It, have won two Southern 500s within a span of three years. You know, obviously within 20... Uh, when was the last year he was with Gibbs? 19? Yeah, 2019, I think, is when he won it. Yeah. Okay, so then he won it last year. So within a span of four years, before the most part, it's it's not a miracle that he's won two Southern 500s. He's really good at Darlington, but we've seen earlier within this year, you know, legacy is just struggling. And it's just really, it is a shame really, because I think they just had so much promise, but you know, we'll, we'll find out maybe this is one of the tracks that might get them a little pep in their step to go in the right direction. Cause especially this is Eric's place. I mean, it seems to me that Eric really loves this place. And let's be honest here. Who doesn't? Yeah, but uh, you know, I think Eric, Eric would be a really good choice. Anybody else? Uh, it's oh, I'd have to look at points here. Yeah, Not points. But I mean, just looking at who else is on the grid, the kind of stats and all that stuff. 
You know, what I was thinking was Stats, maybe, maybe not as much, but yeah, I was thinking maybe like um, I wouldn't say this is really a long shot, but maybe I really want to say Ryan Priest for some reason. I don't know if it's just because of his like short track, you know, just kind of um, hard racing aspect that he's grown up in, but like maybe I don't know. I think that's I don't a, think that's I don't think that's really out of question. I I would honestly there i think also this could be a good track for tyler reddick and i and i think i only think that is because i I know he's not had the if you're looking at it at stats alone i know it's not the best but it just i don't know it kind of screams to me that it might be a good track for him but then yet again obviously we'll have practice going within the weekend so we'll see how that group shakes out you do actually make a good point because uh, you do like to ride that outside line. I'm just saying. He do I like that outside line. You know, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Some, I think I know a couple drivers that like to ride that outside line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, They're good at it too at Darlington. <laughs> Those drivers talented. Holy cow. With that all being said, um, let's talk about some throwback, shall we? Um, obviously, we have the trucks happening Friday, uh, Xfinity Saturday, and Cup on Sunday. Um, out of all three series, well, I guess if you want to do it individually, that's cool too. Um, what is your favorite throwback? I got mine definitely on the top of my head, but I'll let you uh, go first. Yeah, I'm going to have to say... I think definitely one of my favorites is Chastain's. He's definitely got a good look in one. Uh, Let me actually look back here. Oh, yes. Now that I'm looking at him, it's coming back to me. All right. Noah Gregson. That Jimmy Johnson throwback, that's that's a pretty good one there. That's that's nice. It almost looks exactly like the – well, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just realized something. The number font is off. It's not. It's not close to the. Mm, eh. I thought that's the. Yep, that is not the right number font. Mm, shame. Points off for that. Never mind. Huh. Uh, well, you just lost some uh, credibility from me. No, I would have to say probably either Chase Elliott's or Ooh. I do love Eric Almarola's. They oh, did. A that's one job. of my favorites. They did a I great. Mean, that's the Almarola. underrated favorite for me. Yes, they did a great job with Almarola because, like, it looks ex- almost like exactly like the original. So that's where I'm gonna have to say, like, man, I I love that one. Um, just tweak. It really is because if is. you look at it from when the car actually ran till now, it's yeah, it's different. But I mean, at the same time. It's very rare in those instances that if you move the number forward to where it is, it fits. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like, you can make the number placement work with the paint scheme. You can do it. Like, we've seen different schemes do it. Like, the way I look at Throwback Week is, like, make a modern-day version of the scheme that you're throwing it back to, which is exactly perfect for what Ross Chastain uh, and that team has done. I think it's perfect for what Chase Elliott and that one has done. Like they got the number font right. They've got the logos and all that stuff pretty close to where it would be like if that scheme was run today. Uh, again, Eric Amarola is perfect. Um, I would say the only thing that I think maybe needs to change is the number font. If they could get that thing, a, well, not really. I think it's pretty close. 
and they, they could definitely change it. But even then, like that scheme is pretty right on the money. Um, but man, there's some schemes like that. If I had to look at them, they look off. They don't look like the modern version. They look like basically you copy and pasted like the paint scheme onto the car and it looks worse. Like the best example, Christopher Bell. That scheme, it looks off because they didn't like match the paint scheme with the number placement. It, yeah, no, that one looks bad. Um, man, Hurt Bushes. That one is. They did some parts of it right, but that one looks bad. Like it looked like some of the car looks like the actual scheme it's thrown back to, but not the whole thing. But I will say, actually, my I think my underrated absolute favorite for this week has to be Ryan Newman's 51. Oh, yes. That was, thing. Yeah, Ryan it. Newman's back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hey, guess what? Everybody, Ryan Newman's back. Yeah. Um, that scheme they did really, really well. That almost looks like exactly the original. So. Kudos to uh, the 51 and kudos to Rick Ware uh, for actually getting that one right. So here's a, here's a good example. All right. If you want to know how to do a throwback properly versus not properly, take a look at the number one and the number 47. Both are the same exact scheme, but the 47, your number font is off. The 88 and the original scheme was leaned back. Yours is leaned forward. It's still the original. No. Lean the number back. If you're going to do the throwback right, you got to go all the way out to get the color and the shifting right. Like, my golly. Ah. But even, even then, like, um, I do have to give an F rating to colleague for not doing their throwbacks. And I'm going to say one of the underrated throwbacks, which this isn't really a throwback, but I actually love that they keep doing this, is Auto Owners with Martin Truex. Um, when... Truex was at Furniture Row. They basically had like the matte black scheme uh, for most of their season. And they keep doing that for Darlington. I th- I don't think they're doing that intentionally as a throwback, but they did in 21. This year, not really. But even then, still, it kind of is a throwback to me. In, in, in essence, but it, it works yeah. nonetheless. Um, I want to say definitely one of my favorites is definitely the Chase Elliott throwback. I love how simple it is. It looks good. There's really nothing to complain about it. It's just one of those beautiful cars. I love red. I'm a sucker for red. I love red cars. So really, it all works out in the end. Uh, Definitely the Eric Amarola throwback. Awesome. Um, Let's see. What other good throw? Uh, I think the Ross Chastain one definitely threw me off guard. But it was like a very welcoming off guard. Oh yeah. Um I yeah, I think that's Oh, the Chase Briscoe one is actually not bad, I'll be honest with you. It's not it, exactly, yeah. It's like good. the white with the flame it's pretty much thrown back to like I think Tony's uh dirt car which I think they've been doing that for like the past few years, which is not bad. I'll be honest with you. If if you ever get a chance to throw back to your hero or the the driver you grew up with, dude, all, honestly, I wouldn't complain. I'd do the same thing too with either Dale um, or any other driver I admired growing up throughout my childhood. So, um, speaking of that, you know, Cole Custer's got the throwback to Jason Leffler this weekend. 
yes, yep. it was already previously ran by Kurt in 2015, but me wanted to do it again. So I was like, you know what? It works. It's slick. It's fast. I'm cool with that. And Riley Herbst, for the first time in Monster Energy's career, they get a throwback. Riley. And it's awesome. Oh, it, it is. It's so good. It's like it's like having the perfect meal, but just ten times better. Yes, that analogy may not make sense, but you know what? You know what? We'll run with it. We're running with it. Running with it. We are running with it as if it were a marathon. Yes. Um, it's so good. The Monster Energy throwback is so good. Ah. And for trucks, uh, there, there's not one that screams out to me, really. I mean, the Carson Husfar is nice, I guess. But for the most part, there's really no truck Actually, out there. I do have to give a big ol' F rating to one throwback. Oh, no. I absolutely failed. And that's the 11 for Denny Hamlin. I'm sorry. But you already did that one. And it was not that long ago. So for me... You get a big fat F for your throwback. No creativity. And for all those teams out there that didn't do a throwback as well, talk it over with your sponsors. Let's do a throwback for you. Because guess what? Nobody likes to see the original scheme on throwback weekend. You boring people. Do your freaking throwbacks, people. Be a part of it. Participate. Let's go. Come on, sponsors. Y'all know better than that. I mean, hey, in their mind... It's pretty much, um, if it works, it works. You know, oh, it so. doesn't work. No, no, no. I'm not even going to call out the companies that did it because I don't want them to even know. No, no. Just don't even look at that car this weekend. If they don't have a throwback scheme, don't even mention that company. Don't even. No, no. They're boring, lame. Get out of here. Oh, I also forgot that Anthony Alfredo had a throwback to Dale Jr. from 2017, oh, which actually dang. looks nice. Uh, yeah, no, they did a really good job because they even got the number font right, which. I gotta say, you get the number font right with the scheme. Bravo. And they did. Bravo. I didn't even realize that, I'll be honest with you. Now looking at it, I was like, I I didn't I didn't pay attention to detail. And this is the this is the good that car. Is, that is yeah, no, that is a really good throwback. So bravo to um whoever I think it was wasn't it actually Lefty that did that one? Uh no, this was a different You sure? I'm pretty I it's JM graphics. It's not lefty. Ah. Cool. Well, yeah, don't don't take my word for it. Whoever that is. JM. Yeah. Uh <laughs> we still credit you. It, it still looks good. It, it still looks yeah. good. Yeah. It does. I think other than that, that's Oh, you know what? I, I actually will say this. You know what gets my disappointing throwback rating? What, what get what what really grinds your gears? It's Harvick. It's Harvick. Okay. I no comment. No comment. I know no comment from you, but it's like you couldn't even get the color scheme right. Like, come on, the scheme was there. You had it. It's just get the colors right. It's not that hard. What do you do to contractual obligations to Sunny Delight? I don't care if it's contractual, whatever, whatever. Just get the colors right if you're going to do the throwback. Uh, either do the throwback or be one of those lame companies that doesn't do any of the throwbacks. If you're going to do it right, go all out. 
Even then, you know who you are. Go go do a throwback. If you're if you're listening to our podcast, go do a throwback this weekend. Go do it. it just just do it. Do it on iRacing. Do it on NASCAR. He do it yes. on your old NASCAR games. We don't care. Do it. Run a throwback. Exactly. Special. It. It's a special weekend. Participate in it because you don't get to have these many weekends at all in the sport. So go do your throwbacks. And also month of may because this has actually been a good month so far we had some great racing all that kind of stuff and with the indy 500s are just several months or, or oh oh, oh no. yes i did oh buddy <laughs> keep it in it's fine it's <laughs> this is fine i just know how late we're recording this and um how my right. brain's becoming mushy so yay which that reminds me i'm going on trading paints right now and getting me some throwbacks <laughs> for iRacing. <laughs> yeah i'm probably gonna hop on there too but um i guess that will conclude our episode uh levi you got anything to uh anything to conclude wrap up with not really off the top of my head i'm trying to think if there's any like last minute things i wanted to get in or anything like that but i think all i gotta say is um Man, absolutely love Darlington Throwback Weekend. Love Darlington as a whole. Should be a good weekend. And uh, yeah, have fun with this weekend, having the throwbacks. And also, if you're going to the race, wear your throwback stuff. If you can, if you have anything, you know, kind of throwbackish or whatever, like go out there, have fun with it. You know, if you want to dress up as a 70s, you know, driver or whatever, 80s, like this is the one weekend that you can have fun kind of going back and reliving those moments. So yeah, have fun with this weekend. Oh yeah, I forgot one one big huge side note that we all forgot within this episode. Cousin oh, Carl's returning. Oh yeah, to the booth. Oh yeah, to the Let's booth, go. not to the racetrack, which we hope. But for the most part, he's back in the booth, which I am so excited. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, he has been he's been gone for too long. <laughs> he has been he's been, he's been too quiet. So welcome back, Carl. Ooh. He doesn't use social media, so what? What a what a what a what a what a nice guy. <laughs> he's probably he's probably better off because of that. So yeah, good for him. Uh, hey, if it helps mental health, you know that's that was good in the first place. So yeah, no, you go for it, man. I I totally get that, and I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> so, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude our episode here on the Couch Cheese Podcast. Um, we have our Discord, uh, discord.gg slash podcast. Uh, shouldn't be that hard to find, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's, that's our episode. Uh, like, comment, all that kind of good stuff that you do on podcasts. And we shall see you guys in the next episode for Darlington. Goodbye for now. <laughs>